Welcome in live from the County Seat Sports Grill in downtown Lillington. This is Camel Call Live. This is our final live show of the year in our first season of Camel Call Live. And what a show we have from you tonight. From our 14th ranked Campbell baseball team, we are talking to more of our coaching staff, more of our assistant coaches, development staff. We have four of them with us tonight. Campbell baseball at 15th ranked ECU tomorrow night in Greenville. Then this weekend at USC Upstate, Campbell needs to win just one game in that three-game series to clinch their fifth straight regular season Big South title. And speaking of titles, our softball team going to the NCAA tournament for the third straight season. They wrapped up their tournament title over the weekend and will be at the Duke Regional. They play in Durham at 2.30 on Friday against Charlotte. That's a team they have already beaten this season. They'll play either the host Duke or George Mason on Saturday. We hope to see you up in Durham sometime this weekend. And what a weekend it was for our track team. 13 first place finishes, three meet records, one school record. C.J. McBride, who was on this show last week, was named the men's most outstanding performer. His high jump mark is best in the nation this year. He also finished first in the triple jump. Andre Douglas, a most valuable athlete, first in the hurdle, second in the triple. And Virgil Givens, the head coach of both the men's and women's team, was the men's and women's coach of the year in the Big South. They will send double-digit numbers of athletes to regionals next week. And speaking of regionals, the NCAA baseball regionals start in two weeks. Campbell baseball still in the mix to host a regional. Right now they're ranked 14th in the nation with an RPI of 22. Campbell has been ranked since mid-March. The team is 39-11, and 20-4 and at home. And to talk Campbell baseball on this fun night, we start with Jordan Stampler. He is the director of player development. He has been here since August of 2020. And you have such good perspective in this uh, unbelievable run of Campbell baseball. You have seen three seasons now. So how does this team differ from the other teams that you've seen here at Campbell? Yeah, every, every team that you, you work with, you get a chance to coach and, and be around. Um, they all have, you know, awesome traits and, and some uh, better than others. Um, honestly, probably in January, I said this team might just be weird enough. I remember using that expression a uh, time or two. Like, I, I think our guys are extremely close-knit. Um, sometimes I think maybe too close. Um, the clubhouse, the camaraderie, the bus rides, you know, playing games with each other and stuff on the road. Um, it's been it's been a really fun team to just be around and, and you know, have the chance to work with day in and day out. And, and I think that starts, you know, in August, you know, and, and guys get here and they start to build those relationships with each other and our staff. Um, and it becomes a really, you know, a really close uh, group of guys. And I and Coach Hare talks about it all the time. You get one ride and, and, and that ride starts, you know, August when they show up to campus and you try and ride it as long as you can. And I think these guys are taking full advantage of that um, each and every day. And Coach Hare would even talk about it. You guys had a brutal road schedule this year, um, but you're saying that that's something that really tied together an already close group? No doubt, yeah. I mean, being on the road has its challenges, uh, with, without a doubt. You know, from I think our first road trip this year, we flew, um, which is uh, a little bit different for a mid-major, you know, just to, to be able to get on a charter flight and fly to Louisiana. Um, played like nine games in a row or something down there on the road. And, and not being in the comfort of your own bed or not being able to see your girlfriend back on campus if you're one of the guys or, you know, for our coaching staff to see their, see their kids and their wives. Um, but, our, you know, credit our players for staying locked in. I don't remember exactly what we did on that road trip, but we won a bunch of games. I think we only lost one down in Louisiana. And then the last one at App State was canceled. So, you know, getting off to a start like that, Coach Olson and I were talking about this just the other day. You know, you looked at our schedule in the beginning of the year, and we knew it was going to be a, a challenging schedule, um, and especially having a bunch of those games be on the road makes it even more difficult. And, and our guys answered the bell, um, and obviously we, we still got to do that here to finish up the year. Uh, you know, I guess this is probably the theme of the season. We're ending the, the, the year with four on the road at, at some pretty good opponents um, to finish up the year, um, you know, with ECU and then in ECU tomorrow and then uh, this weekend at Upstate, my alma mater. So um, a little bit of nostalgia for me. Um, but obviously, I think uh, our guys are well prepared to take care of business and, and earn another uh, Big South championship. Because you guys ended up on the road for against so many tough opponents, you guys set yourself up for if you were going to get wins, you knew you were going to garner some national attention. 
And that's uh, exactly what you guys did. You've been ranked since mid-March. You have been in the top 10. You've been hovering around the top 10 all year. You've been here for some very good teams that maybe didn't get the national exposure till the end of the year. What has this been like riding this ride of you guys being in the top 20 pretty much all year now? I, I think you got to start with those guys, you know, my first year here three years ago and probably way before that. Um, to build a culture and a name and a brand and, and, and recognize a place like Bowie's Creek, it doesn't just happen in one season. You know, Justin's been here, I think this is his 15th year, and, and Tyler Robinson has been here for like seven or eight years. Um, and it doesn't just happen in one season to get that sort of recognition. You know, we play in, from my experience, back-to-back -back regionals at, at, you know, in Mississippi State, who we went on to win the national championship, and Tennessee, who a lot of people garnered as the best college baseball team to ever exist. <laughs> yeah. um, and we played with them. And, and I think that didn't just happen by those 2020 or 21, uh, or sorry, 21 and 22 teams. I think that's years, you know, years worth of guys, the Christian Joneses who, who you've called games with, and my buddy Mike DeLucia, who's played here, you know, years ago, um, to build a name and a brand around this program for years and years to come so we can get guys like Zach Neto, you know, Thomas Harrington, Drake Pearsons of the world. Like, those guys can come into a place, know that it has some, some recognition now, and they can continue to build on that, and that's what I think this team has done, is take advantage of the fact that there has been some real groundwork laid for them, um, and, they've, and they've built on it. Uh, you mentioned what was going to be my next question. I think it was exactly the same week when you guys broke into the top 10 for the first time in, in program history. And then, oh, by the way, they call up Zach Neto, who was playing down the street in Bowie's Creek just uh, a year ago, playing teams in the Big South. And then he got called up by the Angels. He made his debut um, at Fenway Park. What has it been like to see a guy that you know so well that was here and the leader for this team just a year ago be a starter in the major leagues? Yeah, the word unbelievable actually comes to mind. <laughs> um, me and Coach Olson were talking about it just the other day. Like, I look up and I see him on Sports Center, top three, uh, number three in the top ten plays. Um, you know, he hit his second jack the other night. Um, he's a special dude, and he's a, he's a special player, uh, but, but he's a really, really good kid who worked his butt off every single day, and I don't think anything that he's he's getting right now as far as attention or fame or – having success is, isn't warranted. You know, he, he's done a lot of it um, the right way, and he's put himself in, in, a, in a spot to be an everyday starter for a Major League Baseball team. I, I don't know that anybody, any of us would have said it, it could come this soon, um, but he, he's an impressive young man, and he, he deserves everything that's coming to him. And by the way, speaking of impressive, of course, a little bit before your time coaching here, but uh, Cedric Mullins, who is actually um, playing against Zach Neto. They start a four-game series up at Baltimore. We have a crew up there um, that's going to talk to uh, both of them, so make sure um, you stay locked into our social medias as we'll have a lot with both Cedric and Zach. But that's another thing, too. Cedric has been an established brand now. This is, I don't even want to call it a bounce-back season because he's an all-star center fielder, but he just hit for the cycle this weekend. And then there's another guy from Campbell, his name being out there, let alone Ryan Thompson, who is now, you can consider him a veteran reliever in the major leagues. And you have so many guys that are killing it at the double A, the high A, some in the triple A level. So it seems like this uh, Campbell in the major league thing is going to stick around for a while. I, I say it all the time. You know, Spencer Packard, he's hitting 400 or something in double in A. And um, he's one of the best hitters I've ever seen, you know, at the college level. So, is he really? Yeah. Yeah. Spencer was a special hitter for sure. So, you know, I hope he gets a shot. And, and obviously, like Matthew Barefoot, um, we saw him train with us a little bit um, early on in the spring. And that dude could really hit, too. So I think he, I think he just got a, had another injury or something recently. But, you know, there's a bunch of those guys who, who always come back and they, and they hang out with our guys. And I think that's another reason our guys – they, they know they have the ability to play at the next level. They know they want to play at the next level because they're competing with these guys so regular, regularly um, in the preseason and stuff. And I think that's an important piece uh, to mention when you talk about development and trying to reach their goals, you know, to play at the, the next level. Um, the easy answer to this next question that I'm going to ask uh, everybody that's here and comes up is, as you are one of four um, on the coaching staff that's with us here today, um, is everything. But what do you do if you're describing to someone what the director of player development at Campbell Baseball does? Yeah, so I, I do oversee a lot of our operational stuff as far as our travel uh, really in its entirety goes uh, from uh, flights and, and buses and hotels and meals. I handle a lot of that stuff on the road and at home. 
Um, obviously, our staff helps a ton with that. It's not, it's a, absolutely not a one-man deal. Shout out to our couple of our managers who are also here, Brandon Tubby and Cam <laughs> Witt. Uh, Dylan Johnson didn't make it out tonight, but those guys are awesome, and they help me out a ton. Um, in terms of the actual development, it's a, it's a full staff deal. So there's not just one guy, like the director of player vel- development doesn't roll out a plan for any, any player, you know, one through 40 on the roster. It doesn't work like that. Um, <clears throat> we all have different sets of eyes and different sets of ears, and I think we see things differently, um, and, and we try to collaborate together to, to formulate the best plan for each individual to get them to where we, we want them to be in terms of the type of player that they are or we want them to be. Um, you know, Coach, Coach Olson, Coach Calhoun, Coach Miles, we all kind of have our different areas and, and things that we spearhead, um, but we really work together, you know, as far as the quote-unquote nerd cave goes to, to try and work with our, the rest of our coaching staff and formulate a really good plan for our players so that, that that way they can have ownership in their development as they move throughout their careers. I'm going to brag on you a little bit here. Not only have you been a head coach, you were a head coach at, at, at Pfeiffer and ushered them into D3. You also mentioned it, uh, former, uh, former USC Upstate player who um, not only played for them, but when you left, you were the top five in program history and run, scored, and walked and tops in program history in the very painful statistic of hit by pitch, which I assume you put at the top of your resume when you were trying to get a job with Justin That was absolutely number one, no (laughs) doubt. (laughs) Um, Talk about that program, um, uh, a baseball tradition there, and and again, how how that must be, especially when when you're meeting them coming up this weekend with so much on the line. Yeah, I mean, when I got there at uh, Upstate, we weren't, um, the program hadn't been Division One for very long, and there wasn't a ton of success at the Division One level. Um, so we, you know, the group that I played with for my two years there, we were pretty close-knit, and, and we, we got the ball kind of rolling, I, I like to think, and there was a couple guys on that team that got the opportunity to play pro ball. Um, and the team, the team has been pretty good since, and they've done a nice job with their program, and they've become a, a pretty steady competitor in the Big South um, for us. You know, obviously moving to the CAA next year, um, they, they look to be the team to beat kind of thing in the Big South uh, as far as baseball goes. So, you know, as an alumni, I'm happy. Um, as a competitor, I hope we sweep them this weekend. <laughs> um, I think that's one of the many impressive things about this coaching staff. Uh, no matter what position it is, uh, that there are, there are guys in this coaching, coaching staff that has sensational resumes, uh, many like yours, both playing and coaching. Being a head coach at the collegiate level, how has that helped you um, in a program uh, like this? Yeah, you could ask Jeff the same question when he gets up here later on. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think a lot of people realize how many hats you have to wear, how many different hats you have to wear as a head coach, and, and I probably don't realize a tenth of what Justin Hare has to do um, at this level, and I think that's, that's a certainty. Um, when I took this position, I knew I was going to be able to kind of take a step back in, in some certain areas, and be able to really focus on some other areas that really helped our players or really helped our clubhouse or really helped our camaraderie or, or whatever the case may be. Um, and I think it's allowed me to kind of, s- because I sat in that seat for a couple of years, it is, it's allowed me to see the bigger picture a little bit better um, because it's not just about winning and losing baseball games. These guys are student athletes. They all have stuff that's going on, you know, off the field with girlfriends or something at home. And, um, I don't think as, as an assistant, you know, the first time I was an assistant, that, that piece of me, I don't think I, I really knew as well um, until you have a kid in your office, you know, explaining that his, that his teacher should have gave him an A instead of a B or, <laughs> you know, there's some real family problems going on at home. Um, and as the head coach, that, there's some stuff there that you definitely have to deal with. And, and now that I s- have seen that side of it and I have an opportunity not to deal with it anymore. I know a little bit more about what, what Justin's going through. And, and I think, um, you know, you just have a lot more respect for that position, I think, maybe once once you do it. Um, and it, it, it definitely is different. It definitely doesn't get the, uh, the respect um, that it deserves, for sure. Uh, finally, this team, big week. It starts tomorrow, ECU. This is a top 15 matchup. You guys ranked 15th, 14th in the latest poll. ECU uh, ranked 15th. What do you know about the Pirates? What can you take from those previous two games, both wins, into tomorrow night's game? They're as tough as any team in the country. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I think they'll, they'll do anything to win. Um, you know, as far as hit-by-pitches and playing small ball, I think their arms are going to throw strikes. I think they're throwing Sailor, who he, he pitched pretty well against us, um, you know, out of relief uh, down there at Fayetteville. Uh, I think he came out of the game with an injury, but 
He's, he's a good arm. He's going to attack the zone. He's going to have multiple pitches for strikes, and our guys are going to have to stick to a, to a good plan throughout the game and probably have to adjust that plan throughout the game. You know, as far as our arms go, we're going to have to be – same thing. We're going to have to be in the zone, really give them nothing free. Defensively, we're going to have to play clean because that's, that's the type of baseball uh, that it takes to win a, a top 15 matchup. He is Jordan Stampler. He is our director of player development and uh, many other things and many other hats that he wears. Thank you for taking time out. Thank you for having us. All right. We'll be back with more coming up after the break. This is Camel Call Live from downtown Lillington. This is the county seat. Camel Call Live, our final show of the year. We are talking baseball. The 14th ranked Campbell Camels will take on ECU, a team that they have already beat twice this year at ECU tomorrow. It's in Greenville. It'll be on ESPN+. Plus. We'll also have live audio coverage for you on GoCamels.com and the Varsity Sports app. That starts at 6 tomorrow, and then it's a early turnaround because of the conference tournament starting next week. It's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. It starts Thursday down at Upstate. It'll be 5 o'clock Thursday, 5 o'clock Friday, and 2 o'clock Saturday. All three of those games will be on ESPN+. Plus. Campbell needing one win in that series to clinch what's going to be their fifth straight regular season title. And then the Big South Conference Tournament, which Campbell of course, has already clinched long ago. That will be in High Points, uh, Truist Point, the uh, pro ballpark up there for the independent league team. It's, uh, it's a fun place to see a baseball game, and that will be May 25th through, the May, through May 27th as well. We are talking uh, Campbell baseball with uh, many from the Campbell coaching staff, and Alec Olson joins us now. He is the Director of Offensive Development playing career that took him from Arizona to California to Connecticut, but he was uh, born and raised in Bakersfield, California. That has been a pipeline for some great uh, Campbell players over the year. First of all, we were talking about a little bit before the show, but tell me about Bakersfield and why it's such a baseball hotbed. Bakersfield's the best, man. Um, people ask me all the time. I think there's been about six or seven players from Bakersfield to kind of come through here. And I think it's the old West Coast adage of good weather year-round. Um, you have access to facilities. It's kind of just the, the perfect storm um, for a baseball area. People joke all the time it doesn't rain in California. Bakersfield is a little bit more desert than the, you know, the, the SoCal that you think of with that. But, but we were talking that it could rain five inches in a weekend here, and you guys get about five to seven inches of rain the entire year. And that means something if you have a turf field or not. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just incredible. You guys can play all the time. All the time, yep. There's no, there's really no constraints to playing baseball there. So it, it's no, similar to Florida in that in that aspect, but there's really no, no reason why you can't be outside every day, especially growing up as a kid. Your baseball career literally took you from, from, from coast to coast. Uh, tell me about your baseball journey as a, as a player and, and, and what you went through. Yeah, so I guess kind of starting from high school, I wasn't, I was an okay Bakersfield high school baseball player. Um, thought I was a lot better than I really was, looking back. Um, so I headed to Phoenix for junior college, um, Phoenix College. And that was kind of my, my rude awakening to college baseball. Um, <clears throat> where I was like, man, I'm, I, was a, I was a big fish in a small pond in Bakersfield. And then that reversed when I went to Phoenix and I was, I was a small fish in a large pond um, and that kind of forced me to grow up mentally and, and mature myself as a player. And, and it really started the journey of me having to figure out how to get myself better um, in a hurry. And that's kind of how that, you know, then from Phoenix, that led me back to California for a year. Um, then eventually out to Connecticut for my final two years. Um, after your playing career was over, what had you go down this, uh, this path and, and, and to get into coaching? To be honest, me not being good enough as a baseball player, <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to play baseball and I thought I could, um, had some injuries that, you know, that kind of played out, not to say that I would have played or I was good enough, but that I think those injuries and the lack of my talent, 
um, kind of drew me into the coaching realm probably before I even knew so, um, just because of my, it's uh, a word for it, I just like to coach myself, you know, and I like to coach, and, and that was kind of a thing that I took a lot of pride in, um, in, in seeing how good I could make myself, and then once I was done, it was like, well, I, I feel like I can take this same strategy or these same strategies and apply it to somebody else that's not myself, and I think that's kind of how it started out. The player of offensive development Tell me what you do day in and day out. You are always at the office. I know that much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's similar to as Jordan said. We kind of do a lot, and, and the collaboration is huge in our office. And there's really no one thing that, that I or nobody else on the staff does. Um, but, but some things I could give an example of would be helping Joey out with some, with some offensive reports post-series. Um, just earlier today, we, we spent some time on, on a program we have figuring out kind of what happened over the past weekend or, or past weekends and try to figure out how to adapt and, and make sure we don't make the same mistakes moving forward. Um, so from a data perspective, it's kind of stuff like that. Figure out, figure out kind of what we see in some numbers or some charts and see how we can apply that moving forward in our practice. A analytics is so big. Of course, uh, we have the track man at, um, at, the, at the stadium and that. So after a series get done, there's a lot of games there's a lot of at-bats. Um, it's usually four or five games a week, but been in a three-game series. Tell me about the numbers you get and the, and the things you have to compile and, and what you go through because the work after the series really, really begins for you guys, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's crazy because, because of the programs that we have and, and we're able to have access to, it's really pretty seamless. Um, True Media is the main, the main program that we use, and it really does all the work for us. Um, and so it, it's pretty simple. After a series, you can just find out what games you want to look at, and from there, you kind of just filter through what do I want to grab from this and what do I want to what do I want to highlight, whether it's talking to players or just understanding kind of from like a from a macro perspective on what went on. You can kind of play plug and play and figure out what what you want to look at or what you want to talk to guys about and kind of go from there. So it's pretty seamless. The, the work isn't isn't as much as some may think. Yeah. And so when you approach guys, how do, how do you give them the information they need without overloading them? Or is that your job to simplify it down to, hey, look at this, this, and this. You're doing that, that, and that. I think that's every coach's job, whether they want to admit it or not, whether it comes to data or not, a lot of times. Um, but that's, that's kind of the way we, uh, the, the way to simplify it would be you can either, you know, the way we print it out or the way we, we put it on their locker sometimes or, or bring it up in a team setting. Um, I think it changes depending on the guy or the situation. Um, but, but True Media helps us a lot in, in making super easy to view um, charts and stuff like that. So it's pretty easy for them to view. It's, there's not a whole lot of loss in translation there sometimes. Um, and so for the most part, that's pretty seamless as well. So your, your head coach and everyone I talk to, I do not call it this, but they call it the nerd, nerd cave. Why do they call it the nerd cave? What is the nerd cave? Again, not my words, but the words of your head coach when he was promoting your guys' appearance on here tonight. This is my second year here, and I'm still not totally sure why they call it the nerd cave. I know why people say they do. Um, the, the reason why I call it the nerd cave is because that's what they told me to call it when I got here last year. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, I guess we go through some numbers. Uh, we're always breaking things down. Me and me and Jordan are always down for a couple arguments, whether it's numbers or not numbers. Um, so it probably leans towards that as the reason. Uh, there's always stuff going on daily. People start to, you know, people like to flock in there because there's four or five of us at a time in there at all times of the day. That that that's probably my reason as to why. It is amazing the offensive numbers you guys are putting out. I mean, take the Big South aside. You guys are 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 far and away first in every category. You are in the top 20 in anywhere between 10 and 20 different offensive categories as this year has gone on. You're in the top 10. You're in the top five. You were going into this week leading the entire nation in runs scored, double-digit runs scored at this time of year with the, with, the, with the kind of schedule you have played. It's just, it's just amazing. So with the numbers and with what you get to see at, what are the couple of things or the reasons why the offensive numbers are even better than they have been over the past couple of years with really good offensive teams? Uh, I, I think first and foremost, we have to look at our players as the job that they've done um, in the past two years since I've been here, understanding the system, um, executing their work at a super high level, 
Um, and moving on from that, I think we do a really good job as a staff as, as being calculated in our decisions um, starting in the summer after the season ends, understanding and being able to look back and see what we did really good, um, what we did poorly, and maybe how we put some guys in some, in some spots that were, were a good spot for them to succeed or maybe vice versa or we might have put a guy in a tough spot. You know, so kind of, kind of, I like to say we're, we're extremely calculated in what we do. Um, and we have a lot of good guys, man. We have a lot of good guys on the staff that, that really want to make this team succeed and, and are really smart and, and really understand hitting. And I think the collaboration is, is a major player in that. Going into this game against ECU, a familiar opponent, a team that you have played and beaten two times this year. What did the reports look like? What do you give the guys? Uh, you know who the starter is going to be. H how does that work before the game and then, and then in-game, if you can get us some insight? Yeah, so Coach Hare and, and Coach Holcomb go over that generally before the game with the guys down the line. And they try to give them just the quick basis of what we're going to see, how we think we should attack it. And then from there, we kind of it, it's kind of just, you know, you kind of just go along with the program until something changes and you might have to adjust or adapt. Um, and Coach Holcomb does an extremely good job of that in game, of, of helping the guys adapt depending on what they're seeing or, or just kind of adjusting as the game goes along. And I think that's the best way to go about it. But for the players, they know what we're going to see. You know, I mean, it's the third time we've seen them this year. A lot of them have been here for a couple of years um, and understand the East Carolina baseball program. And, and it's, it's no, it'll be no surprise to us or our guys what they are. Just, just as for them, I don't think it'll be a surprise as to, as to who we are as a team. And so it's kind of mono -y mono and, and it's going to be an exciting game. And finally, how fun has it been to, to be on this ride these past two years uh, with this team and with this, with this great coaching staff? It's been awesome. It's, it's been unbelievable. Um, I was just talking to, to one of my buddies earlier today about kind of how this happened that I even ended up out here. And then last year's team, obviously, with, with Tom and, and Neto and seeing that kind of play out the way it did. And then saying, like, man, there's no way we can, you know, there's no way we can do something like that again, right? And then sure enough, you know, eight, nine months later, yeah. um, just kind of seeing what, what the guys have done here. So it's been incredible, and I've enjoyed every second of it. He is Alec Olson, our Director of Offensive Development. When we come back uh, after the break, we'll talk more in our final half hour as we get deep with the Campbell coaching staff. Back with more Camel Call Live coming up after the break. Welcome back to the county seat in downtown Lillington. You can listen to every broadcast live on GoCamels.com and the Varsity Sports app. This is our last show of the season, so if you missed us or missed any of the other episodes, you can catch up on the Camel Call Live podcast. It drops every week on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and most places you get your podcast. We started this live show way back in August. It has been an amazing run thanks to the wonderful staff and management here at the county seat. 36 live shows. We have had 19 of our 21 uh, head coaches on this show. We did not get to tennis because their schedule is crazy. All of those shows are archived, so if you're listening to this podcast, scroll back. There are also 30-something Camel Call Friday shows. Those have archives as well, a lot of content for you. We are talking baseball here on our last show, our 14th-ranked Campbell Camels closing in on uh, another conference championship and we are talking to the uh, wonderful coaching staff here as we have had baseball on a couple times and it brings us to uh, Eric Miles he is the director of pitching development former star at Presbyterian also a team in the big south he is the program's all-time wins leader also one of just four pitchers in that program to have 200-plus strikeouts. And, and first, we'll start there. We, I just kind of made the connection as I was, uh, I was looking at your bio today that some of the Campbell baseball fans aren't going to like to hear this, but you were a member of that Presbyterian team that beat Campbell uh, in the Big South Conference tournament the last time Campbell lost a tournament championship. Campbell got into the tournament as a at-large team, of course, as they've been there four straight years. But when you think back uh, to, to that team um, and to that run, what are your what are your memories? Oh wow, 
that was really an unexpected year. Um, you know, I, I, my senior year was 2020, and I got that last year because of COVID. Um, I remember barely sneaking into that tournament. We got in as a four seed, and you know, we, we caught fire, and we're playing. Was playing some pretty good baseball, and you know, I think I think we talk about a lot is, you know, I don't remember a ton of the games from that year, but you know, I remember the re relationships I had with my teammates, with my coaches. And uh, just some of those special memories that we had, you know, like like the wins and losses at the end of the day don't matter. And uh, the relationships was probably my biggest takeaway from that year and from that run. What kind of connection did you have? How did you get on the Campbell coaching staff? And how did you get connected with uh, with Coach Hare? Um, so one of my summer coaches who was in Moorhead City sent me a text one day and he said that Campbell was going to be giving me a call. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um <laughs> How do these guys know who I am? And, that, you know, he knew Coach Robinson from, you know, their, their past relationship, and I'm not really sure how, but that was kind of the connection that got me here. Now, um, we can turn this down so no one in here, your fellow coaches listening to this, but when you were at Presbyterian, what did those guys think of our guys uh, whenever, you, uh, whenever you played them? What was the, what was the chatter about? Um, they definitely, or we definitely didn't like them. Um, and we talked about that when I got here, is that, that heat, especially in the Big South, is kind of something you earned. Um, everybody hates the, hates the guys who are winning all the yeah. time. Nobody hates the guys that you just walk in and steamroll. And so, you know, I, we definitely didn't like them, but that was because they earned it. You yeah. Know, they, they won a lot. And now that you're here, you realize how orange looks so much better than blue anyway. It does. So, yep. It does. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, you are uh, a part of helping uh, as a director of pitching development. They're, they're the best pitching staff in the Big South. Um, what do you like so much about this pitching staff? Um, I think similar to what Co Coach Olson said was that these guys work really hard, and they, a lot of them have kind of become their own pitching coaches. Um, they, they've kind of taken the knowledge that they've – that they've been handed and they've been able to apply it and they take their work really seriously and they work really hard. And then they go out there and they compete. Um, you know, at the end of the day, that's what really matters. You know, stuff is important, velocity is important, but if you can't go out there and compete, you can't get out, then so you can't pitch. And we have a lot of guys who love to have the ball in their hand under the lights. You guys are so deep. Uh, I've been here for, for, for 12 years, seen a lot of good pitchers, a lot of good pitching staff. I don't remember as many guys as you can throw out and have confidence in to get you a quality start, and then so many guys that you can bring out of the bullpen. It, it's just really incredible, the options you have. It is incredible. And, um, you know, I think that's a testament to the recruiting that these coaches have done over the past few years of, of getting a deep pitching staff. And then the player development, that has uh, kind of been a, a keystone of um, – of Campbell baseball for a really long time, you know, I think that allows us to to have a deep pitching staff. And then, you know, we didn't have a Sunday guy for a little bit, and Kemo Braun stepped in and made some big starts. And then with Kay Keeler being out, we asked Jake Murray to step up and, and pitch some big innings, and he's done a really good job. Well, what got you from uh, being a star at, at Presbyterian after your uh, pitching career was over? Why did you want to go down the coaching road? Um... Yeah, I, I kind of took my development to my own hands, and I started diving into, you know, how to become a better pitcher, um, how to move better, and things like that. And, yeah, I really started to enjoy it, and I started working with some of the guys that I played with. And, you know, I, I really felt like that was my true passion, you know, other than playing baseball, but staying in baseball and coaching and, you know, hopefully helping some guys get a little bit better and, you know, have an opportunity to live out their dream of playing baseball at a high level. And you started it at the Moorhead City Marlins, being being the pitching coach last year. That that has to be the best the best gig in summer wooden bat leagues, right? It Down is. at Moorhead City. It is. That's that's one of my favorite spots on this earth. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. The the front office and the owner, they're amazing people. They work at a really high level, and you know they're great to be around. And they make they make that job awesome because you just have to worry about baseball, and they take care of everything else. Um, and you have moved into this director of pitching development, a lot of numbers, a lot of analytics to dive into what you do for, for the pitching staff in your, in your current role. Um, so like you said, we, I do look at uh, some of the data um, throughout the day and then after, after weekends and after bullpens and things like that. And then we also work a lot with guys of teaching them how to move. Um, we do a lot of movement prep or delivery work. And then we take those numbers. You know, I, I like to look at the numbers and 
and maybe see if something's off from a weekend and then kind of ask why. And a lot of times in my head, I think there's a, a movement deficiency that's kind of causing those numbers to go astray. And then just watching video and figuring out what that may be and then creating a plan for it and attacking that. And you talk about movement deficiencies, but, you know, the, the little I know about pitching, it can just be so slight, can it, that can throw off throw off it your is. whole approach. It is. You know, sometimes that uh, you have a deficiency early in, in your delivery, and, you know, that kind of affects what your hand can do out in front. And who knows what it may be. Um, it could be a number of different things. You know, I think we have really good sets of eyes here and that we're able to hopefully quickly spot those things and then and then attack those and make an adjustment. Um, the pitching coach for Campbell, Tyler Robinson, it's been, it's been interesting what, what he has done. He, he started off on the other side as a hitting coach, came over, learned about it. What, what has made him, what has made him so, so effective? Um, I think first and foremost, he really has a great plan um, and he has a great system that, that he's developed. He understands the type of guys that he can recruit, and he understands, uh, I think, what he's good at doing as a pitching coach and what he's good at helping those guys fix. And he's able to recruit those guys and maximize, you know, what they're capable of. Um, you have a lot of great arms. You have a lot of guys that are, that are being looked at by scouts. Um, Cade Keeler um, is one of those guys that they think can go really, really high um, when he does decide to come out. W what makes him special? His work ethic. Um, I think first and foremost. Um, and he's told me the stories of when he's got on campus, um, kind of where he was then, which was still a, you know, he was a really good pitcher as a freshman. Um, but to where he is now, you know, he's he's worked really hard to get to where he's at, and he's very smart. And like I said earlier, he's, he's kind of become his own pitching coach. You know, he's, he's able to understand his body better than me or Coach Robinson ever would be able to do. And then you know, understand how it feels and make real adjustments in real time um, and not have to depend on anyone else. But, you know, I, th I think the ownership and his work ethic is probably what first comes to mind. The the offense gets the headlines a lot because, again, they're at a uh, unbelievable pace. We, we have seen yeah, you put together this pitching staff and really know where guys fit in role-wise in that. If you think about what's coming up with the postseason, the trophies that are that are on the line and that, what do you think are the couple most important things that, that, that you all are pushing the pitching staff to do to, to, to stay on track and, 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 and take it to a place where it's never been before? Um, I think first and foremost, uh, we have to be consistent um, day in and day out with our work ethic, with how we compete in the game. And I, th I think we'll get results from that. But, you know, I used to say it all the time, if you start four games and only two, two of the starts are good, then you're not a very good starter. And so I think, I think if we can be consistent in our work every single day and then how we compete in the games, I think that, has, that gives us a shot to take this thing really far. Well, it was uh, fun watching you uh, as a competitor pitch for all those years, and we're, we're, we're pretty darn glad you're a camel now. So thank I you for too. taking time thank out. Thank you for having me. <laughs> all right. That is Eric Miles. Uh, we will be back with Coach Calhoun coming up after the break. Our final segment and our final show of the season, Camel Call Live, coming to you after this from the County Seat Sports Grill in downtown Lillington. Welcome back. It's our final segment of the season, our first season of Camel Call Live. Again, uh, thank you uh, so much to the wonderful management and staff and the ownership here at the county seat. It is a baseball takeover tonight for our last show as uh, our Campbell baseball team, ranked 14th in the country, will be going for their fifth straight regular season title coming up this weekend, their fifth straight trip to an NCAA tournament next week. And they have ECU, the 15th ranked team in the country, uh, coming up tomorrow. And to talk to me about it is Jeff Calhoun. He's a volunteer assistant coach. He's a camp coordinator. Again, everybody does everything, as you have heard, um, here in your first season. So I will talk about that to start off with, um, Jeff. Um, talk about your role as a volunteer assistant coach and, and, and everything else that, that you do for this program. 
Yeah, first, thanks for having me on, Chris, um, and our whole Nerd Cave. So on behalf of the Nerd Cave, thank you. Um, I will I will appreciate you on that. But no, I think <clears throat> there really isn't anything any of us don't do in our program. So I think on my end, like I help with the catchers, with Holcomb on the hitters, and the rest of them uh, with Olsen and Stampler. And I do a bunch, like a bunch of the base range stuff, trying to learn that with Coach Hare and trying to help on that end. And then have done some recruiting since I've been here. Uh, worked in the transfer portal, and then obviously run camps. So that's something that trying to take over. What Wes is like, what Wes Hunt before me did a really great job at, and Shoemaker before him, and then obviously T. Rob. So for me, it's been great to sometimes knock on that door and be like, hey, like, what am I doing? So it's uh, it's been a great place to work so far. Um, to come into this program here again in, in year one and to get onto this ride, did. Did the people that have been here for a while in the coaching staff, did they kind of give you a hint that, hey, we've had some pretty good teams, but we think this could be the best team we've ever had here? Or what was what was the conversations like that after you guys did fall ball and kind of knew what you had? Yeah, I think Stamp hit it on the head um, early on in January. I think we all kind of, like, just, I remember Stamp actually vividly saying, like, man, this team's just weird enough to be really good. And he was right. I think that's something that as we're going through practice and we're watching ourselves playing inner squads and how the fall world series kind of wrapped up, it was like, man, like we got some really talented players that want to be great and want to achieve goals that we've set out for ourselves. And obviously it's been going that way so far. So you are from, from a place in the Northwest in Washington state that I am not going to try to pronounce. So tell tell me where you're from in Washington. Yeah, I'm from Snohomish. Snohomish. So, Where yeah. the heck is Snohomish? Snohomish is about an hour 15 northeast of Seattle, Washington. Okay. So. Tell me about Snohomish. Well, Snohomish is a, is a quaint little town, actually. It's very similar to Bowie's Creek. Um, not a lot going on from a city slicker vibe. Uh, for <laughs> us, there's farm, uh, logging community. We have a handful of pony baseball fields around the town, and then uh, we have a breakfast spot, so that's kind of the big deal in town. Malpy Cafe, which is too small of a town to be a town, so it's in Snohomish, which is where I'm from. So, <laughs> so it really is that. Baseball, obviously big um, in the Northwest, and we were talking something that I didn't know I until you came here today, that you have a, uh, a, a relationship and know pretty well uh, one of the guys that started this whole thing rolling once Campbell got their, uh, got their Northwest pipeline rolling in, in David Olson. Tell me, tell me about that connection. Yeah, I mean, D.O. is uh, obviously doing a great job as the co-head coach at Bellevue Community College, which is a powerhouse up there. And uh, we played against each other in high school, and he went to Washington State out of high school. I went to an NAI out of high school, and then we both ended up back in junior college. And then he ended up coming here, and I went to beautiful Buffalo, New York, which is very similar to Bowie's Creek, and um, <laughs> about half the year of weather with the humidity, but the rest of it's a snow, and so it's a little <laughs> different than the creek. But David obviously had a great career here, and then – Stayed here as a volunteer and, you know, just kind of getting to know once David started coaching and I started coaching at the same time, you know, just running into him on the road and getting to hear about Bowie's Creek and hearing about Campbell University and then always running into him in the Northwest, recruiting up there for the last 10 years and just trying to figure out, like, what the heck's going on Bowie's Creek and then <laughs> seeing him in a regional on ESPN on the in June all the time. And I was like, man, they're, they got something cooking over there. So that was uh, kind of how I got introduced to Campbell. And how – or your connections when you ended up getting this job here? Uh, yeah, so I got to have a conversation with Coach Hare um, probably, I think, at the convention in 2018 uh, through some mutual friends, and we met uh, out to dinner one night and <coughs> got to know him there, and then uh, talked to the staff last year a lot uh, during 2022. Um, that's where I first got to meet Coach Stampler via Zoom during COVID, and then um, this opportunity arose kind of this summer, and mutual friend kind of connected the dots for coach Harry and myself and said like hey this is an opportunity that you know maybe Jeff wants to do and speaking of the third person is kind of an awkward thing for me Chris I mean you're the announcer here <laughs> so I'm trying to learn how to do that but it was ended up being the right timing for me and the right fit I, I really wanted to see uh, what the division one level was like I wanted to be in kind of in the arena I think is the way coach Harry and I talked about it um, in the summer and just see if I could work at this level I mean I got to be at division two and NAI for the last 10 years and um, was able to have some really good success as an assistant and both, a, and then a little bit as a head coach for a couple of years. And I wanted to see what this world was and see how the pace works and how recruiting works. And you know, I've been really fortunate. Obviously, you're one to be on a top 15 program. That's something that uh, 
you can't really write that up. Yeah, no doubt. I know that you knew this program was good. You knew what kind of guy and, and a leader that Coach Hare was. What has surprised you since you have come in here and, and got in here um, for, for the better about Campbell baseball and this program as a whole? Oh, man. I mean, I think everything that Coach Hare told me, and I, I've told a lot of people this about Coach Hare, is I think everything he told me in the process of me coming out here to come work for him has been exactly what he told me it was going to be. So I don't think he – there's no hype to it. There's no false narrative of, hey, it's going to be this, 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 and then you show up and it's – you get told it's going to be a Mercedes and it's a Toyota Corolla, like a 1994, <laughs> you know, something up out front and then the white out there that Alec Olson drives or something. But – uh, 99, yeah, it's worth $800 at tops. But I think for us, like what Coach Harris done here, and I think for me, just continuing to learn every day what being, I think what Stamp said, like being a head coach at this level, and what all the things that go into it that no one else sees, and the many hats that you have to wear. I think Coach Harris does a really good job of balancing that and being able to be a practice every day and be at extra work and being able to see guys practice every day and not miss that and not let the program go sideways from a front office viewpoint as well as on the field. I would assume much like uh, much like uh, Stampler that your head coaching experience uh, really helps you kind of add a little bit of depth to your to your situation and, and how you handle people. Yeah, I think, again, I'm glad Stamp opened this up because I, I don't want to talk about that at all. But I think for us, I mean, it's something that like he, he hit it on the head when when you have kids coming in your office talking about different things that aren't baseball related and you see all the different sides of administration and university politics. And um, I felt like he was talking about me when I'm listening to a kid like, oh, yeah, I should have gotten an A on this test. And I failed the class, actually. So <laughs> can you handle this? It's like, yeah, let me go solve the problem here. And I think just learning how to problem solve. And I think Coach Hare and I were talking about this last week. It was like being able to figure it out. And I think that's something that, you know, as a former head coach, being back in the assistant world, like that's something that, you know how hard it is to be a head coach, and I think he says it all the time, like assistants have great ideas, but, you know, how do you apply it and how do you actually make it happen? And that's something that now being on this side of it again, it's like, man, I know what that side of the table is like, and I'm going to let him do his thing. And if he's if the door's shut, there's probably a reason for it, so I'm not going to go bring something unnecessary to, to his office. Um, another part of your of your many job duties is um, is running the camps and putting the camps together and getting people to to come to the camps. That's a totally different season. Camp season is after what we hope is a long run uh, here in the postseason for for Campbell. Tell me about the camps and the different opportunities that uh, that are available uh, at Campbell. Yeah, Chris. I think for us right now we're right at 90 kids for our first youth camp in June. So we only got 10 spots left on the online registration before we have to close that up. We close them at 100 and then we do accept walk-ups. But I think for us, we have two youth camps this summer, four days uh, through the week, Monday through Thursday, nine to noon. We don't want it to get too hot on the turf for them. And <laughs> we also know trying to feed those, trying to herd 100 kids and feed them lunch is something that I can't imagine doing two kids right now as a parent. I don't know how you're doing it. I don't know how Stamp's doing it because <laughs> I can't, I barely can feed myself, so I don't know how to do that. But I think for us, we also run a prospect camp in the summer. Uh, we got around 50 kids for that so far in June, at the end of June. And then we have a lot of outside events we also host. So part of my job is to coordinate who's using the field what day for events. And so there's a lot of different tournaments and different showcases and groups that want to come use our facility right now. And especially with the success we're having, a lot of people want to be a part of it. And so just trying to make sure that's all organized and Everybody has their insurance in place and everybody has their waiver signed, especially at youth camp. That's the most important thing is, you know, step one, nobody gets hurt. Step two, the waiver signed. So as long as we have those two things checked, we're in pretty good shape. Well, and, and I'm glad you mentioned that because people tell me all the time there's there's no more home games left at, uh, at Campbell baseball uh, so far th this year. But then the lights will be on and the music will be playing and the scoreboard will be on really for the next four months, and people all of a sudden are like, are they back? Are they, are they practicing? It's 9 o'clock at night and everything like that. You guys are awesome that you really open up the facility to, to the community. The, the turf helps. You know, they're not going to wreck your field or whatever, but, but, but that's something not a lot of places do, but you guys really kind of have a, an open door for a lot of uh, youth teams to play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for us, I think Coach Hare's made it a really big deal since being here that, you know, we want to be a part of the community. We want to be a part of Bowie's Creek and Harnett County, and I think that's something that, for me as a new guy, uh, just even when I got here, I wanted to try to find ways to get involved in the Little League and the Pony system and just even the Legion ball, just trying to be an open resource and answer any questions that they have and try to find ways to 
support them. Obviously, we host the state championship for North Carolina Legion Baseball at the end of July, which is a huge event and something that Campbell Baseball has hosted for a long time. So we just try to make sure that we are supportive to them because we know that they support us in the spring. And we got I had somebody actually run by the field probably two or three weeks ago when we had our bye week, and we were hosting um, some NAIA games in town, and somebody came to the front, and they're like, who's playing? Like, when do we change uniforms? <laughs> yeah. Like, what? It, and I was like, no, 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 this isn't us. Like, that's why there's eight people in the stands. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry, it's not our game. So... Um, finally, this is a team that has a big week here. It's a big game, top 15th ranked matchup tomorrow, 6 o'clock against, against East Carolina. Then you go down to USC Upstate to, uh, to try to win another Big South title. Um, how big is this week for, for the team? How, how focused are you guys? Yeah, I mean, I think for us it's going out um, the right way. I think Stamp said it, you know, we started on the road for a lot, and that spring break trip was something that, I think we all really enjoyed and had just different challenges. I mean, we played in three different environments. So, you know, you're playing in front of 5,000 people at Louisiana on a Friday night and getting yelled at, and then you get to go to the jungle this week, and you're just mentally preparing to do that again uh, tomorrow night. And then uh, for me, I'm really excited to go back to Upstate. That'll be the first time I've been there since uh, I actually lost to Stampler in college. 21 to 5, I think, was the final score. No. Yeah, so I'm hoping to, you know, <laughs> be a part of the Campbell Revenge Tour on that for my end, so I hope we do the same, so... Finally, after all that's been accomplished this year and you guys continually breaking these glass ceilings of, of, of Campbell baseball, what's the talk in the locker room? How, how far can this t team go? What does this team have their sights set on? Well, I mean, I think every team starts the year, I mean, nationwide, every Division One team says, man, we're going to go to Omaha. And being on a team at Niagara that at the time wasn't very good and coming off an eight-win year, um, our, we would say the same thing. It's like, man, we're going to go to Omaha. We're going to shock the world. And it's like, man, I really hope we make a conference tournament. Like, <laughs> yeah. only four teams make it. We might not even – man, I really hope we go 500, right? And so yeah. I think for us, you know, the talk here has been since we got back on campus in August, like, hey, the goal is Omaha. We've, all, we've been three wins away from getting there over the past couple of years. And so, like, what are we doing on a daily basis as a staff and as a team to get us closer to accomplishing those three wins, right? And so I think that's where for us, you know, that's the goal. That's the objective. You know, I think we – the only way we don't get there is we get in our own way. So, And that's how we will end this show. Absolutely. It's going to be phenomenal watching these guys uh, play over the next three weeks. He is our volunteer assistant coach, our camp coordinator, Jeff Calhoun. This has been Camel Call Live. What a season it has been. What a final episode to end on our baseball takeover. Campbell at ECU, a top 15 matchup coming up tomorrow at 6. We'll have live coverage for you on GoCamels.com and the Varsity Network. Thank you to everyone at the county seat. Thank you to listening, those that are here, those that are online. That'll do it for Camel Call Live. Thank you and good night.